Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. And I have my guest today, Edna Frankel, and I'm very excited to have her, and I'll tell you in a minute why. Our topic is success in rehabilitating offenders through education, and it's called re-education. Uh, re-duca- is that right, Edna? Re-educate. The trust re-educate. is re-educate. Because you can't educate if people can't read. Absolutely. And I am very excited to be having Edna here. I've known her for a, a long time. I knew her in Germiston. I, I knew her late mom, and I knew her husband and her family, and hello to Paul and Alan and Corinne and David. Hello to all of you, and I've got a very smiling mom opposite me. <laughs> Ednard, would you like to say hello to your children quickly? Hello to all my darling children and to whoever is listening. Have a beautiful day. Absolutely. Um, I was asking Edna a few questions, and I would like to just first of all read you this quote from Albert Einstein. Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Now, Edna, you and I have been talking, and if there's one thing that came across very, very strongly, it is that you believe that within every person there resides the strength, the spark. Tell me about that spark that you believe is in everybody. Thank you. Well, my mom's work was based on the fact that she recognized that we are all made in God's image. And that's why when a child was brought to her and, and she was told, this child will never learn, she could never accept it because if we're made in God's image and God is infinite and limitless and we reflect him, then our potential is infinite and limitless. And we just have to help people bring out that potential and that belief and recognition within themselves. And does that bring meaning into your life? Well, okay, the, uh, Craig, the... Earphones are slipping a bit on, on, on <laughs> they are a bit loose, I think. Um, does that bring meaning into your own life that oh, seeing what happens with people? Tremendously, um, especially in the prisons where we, we recognize that many people don't recognize that they are God's children or maybe they've forgotten that they are. And to help them bring that out within themselves through, well, we work with the literate offenders and teach them how to teach their illiterate inmates and to see their illiterate inmates with the potential, their God-given potential is, is basic to all our work, whether we're teaching offenders or just people who haven't landed in prison whether it's to preschool children or old age people, it's the same, same principle, same recognition. 
It's quite amazing. And I see that your mom, who was regarded by many as a pioneer in, in, literacy, in illiteracy and in, in teaching, um, she, in 1958, together with you, uh, you authored a book called Teach Any Child or Adult to Read. And this is based on, at the time, 30 years of experience successfully teaching children and adults. Uh, a lot of them um, with with severe problems, and yet you you faced quite a bit of criticism, didn't you? Well, it took seven years before the books were published because we we would um, <laughs> every time the books were rejected by a publisher, uh, we would go over them and you know re-edit and so on, and eventually. Um, the father of a pupil who my mum had worked with successfully helped us publish the book ourselves. <laughs> and and uh, and from there, did it just take off? I see it's it's uh, part of your teaching is a, a six-legged uh, approach. It's yeah, my, my, mother, my mother defined reading as a six-legged animal. The body of the animal is attitude. The attitude of the teacher to herself as a teacher, as a human being. Um, what's she like at home? How does she handle her kids and her husband and so on? Because all that comes to school with her. What's her attitude to her pupils, her learners? What's her attitude to the teachers in the staff room? Mm. Um, when she looks at the classes, she look at them and think, oh, God, another day of this. Or does she look at them and think, oh, it's so exciting. What are we going to learn today? I often think of that song, Getting to Know You. Oh, yes. Getting to know. It's, it's Getting a, to know all about yes, you. Yes, <laughs> this is exactly it. This is the essence of good teaching. It's Getting to like you. Mm. I mean, mm. you you hear teach say, I can't stand that brat. Whereas getting to like you is just wonderful. And then this next part is hoping you will like me. So for a teacher to make herself likable wow. and not to shout and scream or say, you'll never this or you'll never that. You know, you'll be a dustman all your life or something Um when we teach um, children and adults the multi-intersensory approach and we get them to draw a circle and we say, that's your head, what have you got inside it to help you learn? And some children have said to me, pumpkin pit, oh, because no. that's what teachers have told them. Gosh, There's a wonderful book called Pygmalion in the Classroom, mm -hmm. um, and that is the... Um, a documentary, really, on two psychologists in California who tested, tested the children and deliberately misinformed the teachers, told them the dumb ones were the bright ones and the bright ones were the idiots. Can we and go back to that? We've just got a break for a, an advert quickly. I want to go back to that one, though. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human, and my very special guest is Edna Frankel, and you can SMS us on 34519 
or you can WhatsApp us on 061-895-1019. Okay. Actually, Pick and Pay some years ago ran a national spelling competition. Yes. And um, we were invited to be part of it. And they gave us donations annually for a couple of years. Maybe this advert will get them going again. <laughs> okay, great. Pick and pay. I hope you're listening in. We've got another one, I think, as well from them, haven't we? Yes, we have, too, shortly. Um, Edna, go on. So you were saying that this man had had given... Um, instructions to the teachers that the yes, in Pygmalion in the classroom. Yes. He, he he they they told the teachers that according to the results, the bright ones, he they switched around, and the children became what the teachers expected them to be. Mm. They mm. they expected them to the the bright and and this is why attitude as part of the six-legged reading animal is basic to everything. And, of course, the learner's attitude to himself. Um, (laughs) One of my adult students, um, Jimmy Flaxman, who's sent testimonials for my Facebook pages, is now in Australia, and he said he used to sit at the back of the class and hide behind the kids, hoping the teacher would never see and, and ask him because she always told him he was stupid. Mm-hmm. So um, this, this And I'm is, sure he turned out to be oh, a success. He's, he's a great success, <laughs> yes. I taught him when he was 32. Wow, yeah. is that so? Yeah, yeah, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. So attitude, the six legs... The first leg is leisure, name, learning to rewrite and and understand the name and sound of the letter. So leg number one, the alphabet, name and sound. Leg number two, spelling rules, based on the correct understanding of the name and sound of the letter. And that's really the code to reading because we teach people to look inside a word, the composition of the word, so for cognitive skills they can develop and read and and decode a word. Like if the word is please, E-A gives long vowel E, so they'll, they'll go ease, ease, lease, p, lease, please. So from the second leg of spelling, they must be able to decode and understand. And in these days of fake news, etc., etc., we've got to teach our learners of all ages to think for themselves, to have the courage to say, why? Is this true? Is it possible? What would I have done in those circumstances? The comprehension, the development of courageous, independent thinking is basic to to all teaching. So, uh, the, so why would this be controversial then? What what is the difference between the way you teach and the way they are actually teaching in the schools? We we teach the name and sound of the letter simultaneously. The name is A, the sound is A, as in apple. Okay, and how is it being taught at the school? 
we, we, Pick and Pay are going to be listening to this one too in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> now, entering a South African prison might seem like a terrifying prospect. The country's violent crime rates are amongst the highest in the world, and that's a culture that runs deep into the country's desperately overcrowded correctional facilities as well. Beneath the system under strain, though, is an approach in theory geared heavily towards rehabilitation. It's proving hard to implement. If you can't read and write, it's a social evil. There's nothing you can do. You are subjected to poverty. When you go out of this place, what is going to happen to your life? Are you going to live the same life now that you are empowered? Junius Malema served time for armed robbery. Whilst inside, he learnt a lesson he's now passing on. Through a charity geared towards literacy, he's been teaching, teaching in prisons with solid results. Nationally, 70% of pupils taught through the Regicate programme passed their senior certificate exam last year. If you take away a person's uh, freedom, for me that's punishment enough. But we want to eradicate illiteracy. And with the assistance that we have from Re-Educate, we are a distance from there, but we can see there's light at the end of the tunnel. The prison has its own programmes, but it still relies heavily on help from civil society, taking the view that even the worst of criminals can be reformed. Some of them, they never had a chance to go to school. Some of them, they were just ignorant and never attend for school. I go outside, then end courses can give me a better opportunity to get a decent job. And to maybe I can supply my family with great things. Paying society back for their crimes. Now, South Africa's prison system is, in theory, very progressive. It's officially called correctional services, so that emphasis on rehabilitation is there as well as punishment. But we've been allowed to film in a state-of-the-art prison. It's one of the best run in the country, but it's well known that elsewhere this system is under strain. 2,000 extra inmates every month. The cells are full up to the brim. Prisoners have rioted over a lack of rehabilitation services. Gangsterism and corruption is rife. The service is struggling to practice what it's pre. Learn well. Good luck. I congratulate you. Well done. Rijikate's founder is 82-year-old Edna Frinkel, who says the correlation between literacy and lowering crime is clear, and yet groups like hers are becoming scarcer. If we had the money, we could turn South Africa into something wonderful. Um, the director of formal education would like us, for instance, to operate in every prison. No funding. We need the funding. The path that Junior's found is now blocked for others. Regicate's programmes are on hold. This overcrowded system may believe in second chances, but it's struggling to give them. The best part of your day. At the heart of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Hi, FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. My guest today is Edna Frankel, and you have just been listening to a short YouTube on some of her work, Regicate, 
And it was done actually at uh, Kimberley Prison. And it sounded like Julius Malema, but it was actually Janius Malema who was giving a talk there about how he had learned about it. And then, of course, you came in and you were very surprised when I told you I was going to be playing it. <laughs> I'm just going to do this. Congratulations on yes. your research. Now, you know, you, one of the questions that did, was asked to me was, are you ever afraid of going in to the prisons? And you told me a beautiful quote by Rabbi Cook. No, no, I'm never afraid because Hashem is everywhere. And in the, an essay on love by Rabbi Cook, he says, it's in order to hate the evil, but you must love the divinity that's in every human being. And that's the basis of our attitude, not only in prisons, but with all the people we teach. We look for the divinity in everybody. And, and that's beautiful. And especially, you know, earlier when you were talking about attitude, it is so much the attitude of the teacher, of the pupil, of the school, of um, the all the teachers, not just the class teacher, you know, the, the sports teacher. And, and the, the attitude is, I think, number one, quite honestly. Attitude, uh, the, the most graphic lesson I ever had on the importance of, of the leader, of the attitude of the leader. My mum and I lived in Durban and we used to take a boat trip to Cape Town once a year. And one year we went on the Royal Inter-Ocean Lines went on a lovely little ship called the Chichilenka, and it had Holland's crew and um, Holland's officers and Chinese crew. And the, the captain was an absolute honey. He greeted everybody. He smiled. He, and the whole, whole crew, the officers and crew, good morning, hello, can I help you? Coming back, we were on the race. And the captain was the surly devil who walked around with his head down, never greeted a soul. The whole crew followed his example. You never got a greeting from anybody. Mm. And I've since seen this in schools and definitely in homes. I mean, if, if mommy comes home from work or daddy comes home from work and they've had a bad day and that reflects and you pick it up very definitely and I think you're so right because you pick it up in any if you walk into a, um, a supermarket you can actually tell by the staff there behind the tills yeah. what sort of management there there yeah. is at the top. Yeah. And you know, you you say that about that boat. I was just, as you were talking, I was just thinking. Well, on the boat going out, initially the very nice captain, everybody would have been standing back to give you a place on the dinghy if you were sinking. But I wonder, uh, fortunately, it didn't happen. But coming back, the captain was probably in the first one off. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to just tell you about Edna's unbelievable awards. First of all, she was given an award. This was in the, the UNISA um, 
uh, newsletter this week, uh, Edna Franco was awarded the CEO Global Lifetime Achiever Award in 2017 for her efforts in improving literacy through the Reducate that operates as an NGO and trains teachers using the multidimensional Rebecca Ostrovic method. And uh, of course, it that says, was who runs the CEO magazine. She does fantastic work and is reaching out to Africa. Oh, is she? Fantastically, yeah. And then since 1992, when your trust was launched, you've been responsible for training over 1,500 teachers and literate prisoners who in turn have taught about a million children and adults to read, write, spell, comprehend, memorize, study efficiently, and develop life skills and self-confidence. You have, it is, you, Reducate has worked in 23 prisons and has been successful in rehabilitating prisoners through, through upgrading literacy. That's amazing. And it's then there was one humbling. of your... Humbling. Is it humbling? Well, let me just go on with a few more of your unbelievable. <laughs> you were given the order of the Baobab by President Thabo Mbeki for lifelong dedication to the development of specialized learning methods for the learning impaired in South Africa. When he put the medal around my, my neck, he's got the most amazing eyes. And I looked into his eyes and I said, my mother should have got this. It was all her work. Is that so? And we're still doing all her work. And how did he respond to that? He gave me a big smile. I see you've actually, I've got here. Um, when President and Becky stood and chatted to me while the citation was read by the Chancellor of National Orders, Reverend Frank Chukani, he said he was proud of me and he thanked me for what I'm doing for South Africa. I told him I was accepting it in memory of my mother, yeah. Rebecca Ostrovic, whose work it all is. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that beautiful? And then, of course, in 2010, you were awarded the UNISA Chancellor's Outstanding Educator Award. Now, I can go on and on and on because on this that came through from UNISA, um, in um, 2011, Wizo gave you recognition of your ongoing contribution to the upliftment of the underprivileged through education. Um, let me just count this. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, oh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 awards. And that's probably, I can still be counting. What well, does that feel like? to you? Well, it makes me feel very humble, very grateful. God has been very good to me. He gave me, first of all, a wonderful mother, and then a most wonderful, wonderful husband, and who was totally supportive all the way through. And then he sent me wonderful people to help me all the way along. And um, it's not my work. So what would, if I had to ask you, what is your attitude towards life? What would you answer? Oh, well, I love life because God is life and, mm-hmm. you, and it's joy and it's love and it's fulfillment and working towards good things. 
And you know what? As you came in, actually, and I met you next door in the office, you brought that lightness in with you. That's really? who you are, Edna. It really is. And for one moment, I just wanted to mention Lionel, because I know that when your mom passed away, you actually were were not sure how you were going to go on. And Lionel encouraged you. He said this was a dream that had to go on. And, and here you've just handed me earlier on this, which was in July 1989. I knew. Uh, Edna's uh, husband Lionel what a gentleman and this is a certificate and it says to celebrate the 20th year of the existence of the Rebecca Ostrovic School of Reading now remembering that this was July 1989 <laughs> this certificate is presented in gratitude to Lionel Franco for services which have enabled me to pursue the noble goals of my mother Rebecca Ostrovic in teaching any child or adult to read, write, spell comprehend, memorize and study the length of service that he'd given to you 31 years as a wise help me constant motivator isn't that beautiful <laughs> I'm handing it back to you because you've got to keep that to show uh, your children I had forgotten it we've I given love. him that certificate I was just going starting to go through old papers uh, well that you it. mustn't get rid of <laughs> I see a message has come through and it says listening live in Israel and enjoying the show Edna, I would like to say, Kol Hakavot, well done for your brave work. It takes a true hero to reach out and help those who have harmed instead of being bitter. You have tried to, tried to save a country and a people through the most powerful tool, education. Inspired. Lots of love to mom and Edna. Love, Shira. That's my daughter. Oh, hello, Shira. That's beautiful. (laughs) Edna is crying from that. And uh, thank thank you, you, Shira, for mentioning that. And we've just actually earlier we spoke to Alan, uh, who lives in Natanya, Shira. My son, Alan. Yes. Let's get together, Shira. Edna's son. Now, when did you start? What made you decide to go into the prisons? Um, An offender. Uh, suggested he he was in Krugersdorp prison and he said we should come and teach the warders but how did he come to you in the first place Uh, a friendly relation and and, um, we went in and developed uh, that uh, we didn't teach the warders we taught the offenders and um, we just we ran the course um one of my top teachers, Navis Milroy, um, went, went out to Krugersdorp and, and taught and was so successful that Boxburg Prison contacted us. And the then education officer, Jean-Lee Stiernberg, um, asked us to come and do what we, at Boxburg, what we'd done at um, Krugersdorp. Uh, Jolly is now head of the Johannesburg prison, uh, not prison, I mean education officer, and uh, is also one of our top educators. Oh, is that and, so? And has run very successfully uh, re educate courses over the years. 
Um, I must say we've had tremendous cooperation from correctional services wherever we've taught, wherever we've worked. Now, do you work um, one-on-one or do you work as a group when oh, you're doing teaching? As a group. As a group. Oh, we can work one-on-one, mm-hmm. but um, our courses are um, uh, 10 to 15 people in a class. And... Um, out of prison, it's an eight-day course. Uh, in in prison, it's a ten-day course because of early lock-up time and so oh. on. But it doesn't end after that time. We we have refresher courses, and we we very keen on high standards. Our pass mark um, at my school, when my mom and I were running it. Our pass mark for the first two books was 90%. That Gosh. was the alphabet and um, phonics. And and then the last three tests were for 70%. And we've maintained that standard in in the Reducate Trust as well. Um, 90% for the first two and 70% for the last three. And what I find so encouraging is where there are teachers who can't get the particular pass mark, they want to improve and they work until they do get oh, it. And determination. Is, we have we have the most wonderful people in South Africa and everybody wants to do better. And this this is what I find so encouraging. And I think it's also what Gandhi said. If you see a person as as he should be, that is what he becomes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Comes back to attitude of absolutely. our six-legged animal. And do, um, I'm talking to Edna Frankel. If any of you would like to um, send a message in, we're on air on, on SMS 34519. Or you can WhatsApp us on zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. Now tell me, Edna, personally, do you find that you have connections with these prisoners that you are teaching? Yes, oh, definitely. Some um, more than others, or yes, yes. Mm. But um, one one who I'm rather sad about. Albert, uh, when he was released, he, I was still running the school as well. He came to see me um, to tell me about Fountain of Love in Katahong, which was run by Rosie Timber. She takes in AIDS orphans and, in fact, came to see uh, Marcia Tans and me yesterday because um, I'm taking a chance. They're collecting blankets and clothes. She has... Th- um, 48 orphans in her home and she feeds 314 AIDS orphans twice a week Good heavens. as well. And um, Albert said, I must meet Rosie, which I'm very glad about. But Albert, when he was released, started a, a factory, a carpentry factory, and he employed two ex-offenders as well. And I'd Rosie told me yesterday that he passed away. It's oh, very sad. But, but he I'd certainly to, fulfilled a lot yeah, in yeah, his life, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. So, um, And you were sad to hear that he had. I feel heartbroken mm. because, um, 
Yeah, we maintained contact uh, for many years. Um, and the We've just got a break for another advert. Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. Uh, I'm sure someone's going to be asking about those AIDS orphans blankets. Edna, could you just give out your phone number for a moment? What what is your cell number? Oh eight three six two nine eight double seven six double seven six. If any of you are interested in this program that um, Edna's running, also if you could phone her, or if you would like to know more about email these blank perhaps text, uh, email, email me okay. at frankel and that's f r e i n k e l e at dot e. Uh, sorry, dot e at gmail dot com. At gmail dot. We'll give it again at the end. Um, Edna, just tell me now. Do you have volunteers working for you from from outside of the prison system? Yes. Um, how do you how do you get those volunteers? We, <laughs> they offer. Um, there's one. Uh, there's wonderful volunteer at the moment, Michelle Elkington who contacted me because said she wanted to help an NGO and she looked up the list of NGOs. She liked the sound of Reducate. And Michelle comes to help me uh, on on an occasional Sunday and get my papers in order because I have a wonderful, wonderful secretary, Sharon Lowe, for 26 years, who I had to... Unfortunately, to my heartbreak, retrench my whole staff ah, as fun, funding, funding went down. Mm. And, um, <laughs> uh, and it's an NGO, isn't it, This uh, your your trust? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're now the desperate. So any desperate. of you listening in, Edna is really passionate about educating Prisoners and actually giving them a chance to rehabilitate their lives through illiteracy. And if any of you could actually give donations in, if you're listening in, if you're companies or, or single people, every single cent counts. Thank you. Thank and, you. And, um, you know, one of the prisoners actually said, I came to prison holding a gun and I left carrying a book. Now, I think yeah. that says so much yeah. about what you are actually doing there. And just tell me about the the literacy, the, the number of prisoners in South Africa who actually come in and are illiterate. Do you know more or less the numbers? Well, look, if the numbers at school range between 70 and 80 percent, then it's the same <laughs> in prisons. But... We, we're very keen on teaching preschool children and, and primary and especially high school children um, so that you can prevent crime through teaching them and helping them to, to give the best 
of 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 what they're capable. So getting the juveniles off the streets even to teach them Absolutely. would be a huge thing. Yes, um, I, I would love to to get some juveniles, teach them. We we already um, are in Tembisa. They weren't they weren't uh, offenders at all. They're young young student teachers who who did our course. We we got a little funding from national lotteries and. Um, they they are teaching um, others how to how to teach. So yes, if we can get young people teaching other young people, that that is exciting. It's passing it forward, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think in that way, each person begins to feel better about themselves and uh, begins to recognise their own worth a yeah, bit more, don't they? Yeah. And help others too as well. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I read uh, somewhere that it says 75% of inmates are illiterate, 90% are completely illiterate, and that the connection between criminal behavior and literacy is stunning in its simplicity. This was an, an American one, but it says 85% of all juveniles who come into contact with a juvenile court system are functionally illiterate. So are 60% of all prison inmates. And that they inmates have a 16% chance of returning to prison if they receive literacy help, as opposed to 70% for those who receive no help at all and never learn to read. Well, uh, I'm not too good on statistics, but I can believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole thing is on prevention. If we can make every lesson at school a reading lesson, to integrate those six legs and the body of the reading an animal in every school, aha, Absolutely. we'll have a wonderfully literate South Africa, and I believe we could be one of the greatest countries in the world because we've got wonderful people, really wonderful people here. You're passionate about it, aren't you, Edna? <laughs> You are a third generation South African, yeah. is that right? Yeah. And yeah. passionately proud of it. You know, uh, you say passionate. <laughs> um, uh, when, when we started and I said, I want t- people who are passionate about reading. And our first chairman, Zami Lignatsky, said, you can't be passionate about reading. You can only be passionate about a woman. <laughs> 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 that is really funny. Uh, by the way, um, I do run two Facebook pages. Oh, yes. Tell us about that. Um, the one is Teach Any Child or Adult to Read, and the other one is Reading Expert Edna Frankel. So if people want to send send in something about their experiences on reading or, um, or learning, uh, be happy to to put it on Facebook. And I see that you also do offer um, lectures. You go into schools and universities yeah, yeah. and offer um, I'd, lectures. I do one lectures, the cost to commerce and industry of employing functionally or totally illiterate employees. Wow. Another one is an interactive one on the relationship between reading and TV and YouTube. 
And uh, I love to quote the story of when I was doing one at Germiston Library. And there were, it, it's with children and the teachers and parents. And I had said to the librarian, choose any movie for us to show. And she chose a film called Escape from New York. And I said to the audience, choose the nice person in the movie and tell me why. Choose the horrible person, tell me why. And listen for words where you hear eh or bo or whatever. And afterwards, I was asking the audience what had they chosen. And a little girl of about 12 chose who I thought was really the most awful character. <laughs> but we never say you're wrong. No, absolutely. And we, we try not to criticize. So I said, oh, that's an interesting choice. Why did you choose him? She said, because he saved his friend. And she was right. So I said, oh, you must be very clever at school. And she hung her head and she said, ne, ek dumm. You see, she had a teacher who couldn't handle an original thinker. Oh, and a child with an imagination. And I think our teachers are the lifesavers of South Africa. And they, and they can also be the destroyers, unfortunately. Well, but let's rather have them as lifesavers. Yeah. We're breaking for an ad. A frequency like no other. 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and my guest today is Edna Frankel. You can SMS us on 34519, or you can WhatsApp us on 61 895-1019. Another message that I did get was about parents or, or child minders listening to sto- reading stories to oh, children. So important. Um, every day. And babies need books. Babies should be read to from birth. To hold the baby in your arms and read for five minutes. And it's just teach the baby to see love and books all associated. Yeah, yeah. And um, then to talk about the story and get them to talk about what they've read. Um, I went to a wonderful uh, demonstration last week by raising readers. They read to their class and then get them to write their own book. And to see what these kids had produced, they're just amazing. So, yes, that's... That's wonderful. And mummy and daddy must read. Yes. Um, Because children tend to think that reading is a feminine activity because at school often the teacher's a woman. At home it's mummy who reads. But daddy, daddy, daddy must learn to appreciate his importance. And learn to read sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. I just want I want to point out the pullover I'm wearing yes. was made by a pupil at my school. So the jersey's pretty old. But he was an adult student who had been at special school all his life and everybody said he never learned to read. And he he not only learned to read, he learned to follow Knitting patterns, and he started producing the most amazing work. So, um, 
I just Gosh. remembered to tell. That's, that's, that's lovely that, that you should be wearing yeah. that today. Yeah, yeah. You know, just going back to uh, having a, a book read. As a little girl, my I had a I have had a Scottish grandmother, and she would read me many many stories, and a lot of them were Scottish myths, and then and with and I really used to have to use my imagination in them, and I, I you know, she used to say, "Let your heart feel the word." Words. Yeah. And, I, and I still do. I still have the one of my favorite books from her, which was called The Snow Goose. I still have oh, it. Yes. yes. And then uh, another one was um, an anthology of, of babyhood. And when my daughter Shira was here now, I actually found it because it was a, a book of a whole lot of poetry on babies. Too beautiful. It came from 1912. Can wow. you believe it? Wow. But, you know, um, Craig is already saying that we're going to have to wrap up. Is there anything that you, we're going to end shortly with a song called The Book of Love, and it's by Peter Gabriel, I and I would like you to say, you to end by saying something. I'd like to say that whoever's listened if you feel you're interested in reading, buy our books and teach somebody to read. We've got millions who need it. It might be a preschool child. It might be your servant's father or husband or child. Make up your mind to teach one person, if not 10 people, to read. What a wonderful idea. Where would they get your book? They can contact me through, through my email. Okay, so just give your email again. Frankel.e at gmail.com. E, okay. Thank you so much, Edna. I've really enjoyed being with you today. And I hope all your children are as proud of you as I am. I mean, I'm sure they're even prouder. And I just know that Lionel and your mom must be smiling well, at you today and sending you so many blessings. Thank you. It's been a joy and a privilege being interviewed by you. Thank you, Sue. And my children have given me endless, endless support and love. And I thank God for them every day. Thank you. Thanks so much, Edna. And thank you, Craig. <laughs> 